Hello, I'm here with Carly. Hi. And uh, today we're going to talk about vicarious trauma. Um, so maybe we could define it first. That might be helpful. You Vic want me to define it? No, no, I'm going to say <laughs> we will define it yes. together. So um, vicarious trauma is, is trauma that you would experience through not some, something that happens to yourself, but kind of listening about it or having a story told to you that might be harmful. Yes. Okay. So you're like... More often than not, it's usually like healthcare providers and stuff that would right, probably right. be impacted the most by something like that. Yeah. So like first responders. Um, well, those would probably be more even PTSD. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but, this but, is very secondary. So like stuff of... that people tell you, like if you yeah. are in a, if you're a counselor. Yes. Or if exactly. you're working in a health field where people will divulge confidential yeah. information that that might be. so over time I guess hearing these stories um could do some damage to you yes and, and so yeah. in, in my role so I was working for an organization that provided um assistance in finding um support mental health support for people that had experienced trauma um and a lot of the um stories that I was hearing more of was in relation to the residential school across the, uh, of basically the north or yeah. even across Canada, that, those kinds of stories. So the residential school stuff. Yes. Um, so what was your role in, in that then? Like were you, you weren't interviewing people in person. No, no, no. But... I was never, I'm not a healthcare provider. Okay. I'm not a counselor. I'm not anything like that. Um, I was, it basically, um, I started with working in that area or that department or whatever when I came back from having being on maternity leave with my son. Okay. So it was probably back in 2010, I think. And it was basically like admin stuff. So there was a team of people that were highly involved in all this stuff and they were working with um, counselors and they were working with different, like all different organizations were coming together to help um, get support to these people and um, and I was just kind of like a paper pusher and okay. it was as time went on I got more and more involved in those aspects of um, learning about the experience. Learning about it. But one of the biggest, um, I was thinking about it because it was a while ago, I mean it's, I mean I started back in 2010 so yeah. it's been over a while. Eight year, over yeah. eight years now. Um, and so I was trying to think, like, um, really, like, when um, when things started getting more um, complicated for me. And I think, I think that it's it. What was so impactful for me was um, just the timing of where I was at in life, mm -hmm. um, having just had my kid, mm -hmm. um, and um, the just the realization that I knew nothing about it <laughs> that I grew up here in Whitehorse right. yeah and have lived a very sheltered life um looking back on it yeah I've in hindsight in hindsight I've experienced next to no trauma directly mm -hmm. like at all and it was we're privileged very yeah very yeah and it was shocking to me to just kind of like all of a sudden be made aware mm -hmm. that these horrible things had been happening in Canada. <laughs> and yeah. even like when we were in really, high school. Really close to home. In high school, we weren't taught anything about no. any of that stuff. No. Not really any negative 
when it, when it came to first, at all. Well, when it came to like First Nations um, education and what we learned about it, yeah. we learned a few words in languages, like the different languages that we have in the Yukon. Yeah. We learned a little bit about hunting and trapping. Yeah. And then, but we didn't learn any of the political stuff. Yeah. Any of it. Um, exactly. Basically, yeah. we just learned the the dates that things were signed, mm-hmm. and that's it. Yeah. Well, and so for me, like growing up, I you would hear horrible stories about um, other things, like terrible things mm-hmm. happening in the world, and mm-hmm. it was always like, ooh. But being up here, you're so far removed from it all. Um, and we're so proud to be Canadian that yeah. we actually, we did, yeah, I do, I'm with you. I didn't know that stuff either no. until I was an adult. Yeah, and so learning, yeah. it was like, a, so it was a huge shock to the system that all of a sudden, like, this was seriously what was going on, like, right in our backyard, like, mm-hmm. this whole time. Mm-hmm. This is crazy. People that um, you would see around, like, because you'd go, like, with different, oh, there's so many organizations that work and mm-hmm. in these fields, yeah. and it, supporting people that went to residential school. There's so many different places that are involved in these things, and people would probably hear, like, different events going on all over town with some... Um, even um, across Canada, all the TRC events, like it's yeah. been in the media for years now, all yeah. this stuff going on. So it's not news to people now, but when it first the, started, yeah, it was just like, what is like, yeah, it was shocking to me. And so it was like that kind of uh, eye opening moment yeah, and being feeling like I felt bad that I didn't know. I felt completely ignorant to it. Um, and then even just ignorant to what all of that, what like all the trauma that would have resulted, like just from generations, generational impacts on people. And so then you probably started reflecting at your own school days and the kids that might have yeah. been in your school that now would have been affected, but we didn't know. Yeah. And so, but yeah. then it, the, also the timing. I had just had my mm-hmm. my child. So mm-hmm. someone who's lived a very sheltered life has experienced almost next to no trauma at all. Uh, very privileged. Um, it was just like, I think I was just kind of, um, ripe for susceptible. <laughs> yeah, that what, yeah. susceptible you so. had a lot going on. And I, and I, I have always had like a big, um, I've always, anytime I hear like horrible stories, like I kind of, I just, I feel bad right all the time. Like when you I have hear a lot things. of empathy yeah and I yeah. just you know so it was um you hold on to it I immediate the moment I had an opportunity to get more involved in doing anything to help in whatever little way like I was not the one mm-hmm. providing um direct help to anybody right um but part of it was that often I was the first person people when they were looking for help mm-hmm. um in different ways I would be the first one to get the phone call right and so uh, often when people are calling into any organization, they don't know who they're supposed to be talking to so that you get the story. You get some background yeah. story right away. And then, and then you have to, you know, make sure that those people feel supported while you're also trying to find who they should talk to, mm-hmm. what, who I should put them in touch with, um, anything like that. So, uh, and when you're dealing with, um, across the North, like, in particular, like I can't really speak to all different things yeah. that are happening down south. I know it's happening all over the world, yeah, yeah. all over Canada. People experiencing trauma and stuff like that. But up north, there was just a lot of other things going on in various communities that you would end up 
hearing about mm-hmm. from other people, mm-hmm. um, like people calling in that had just recently been traumatized or in various ways, like not mm-hmm. necessarily residential school, but like yeah. other things, right? Yeah. So, um, and immediately you just wanted to do absolutely everything you could to get them the help that they needed. And I would often be on the phone with them a lot longer than I probably should have been. Because mm-hmm. um, you're just so helpful by nature. Well, and I just and I just wanted to make sure that when I got off the phone with them that they knew that there was somebody actually working to find them whatever mm-hmm. it was they needed. So mm-hmm. um, just I, that kind of evolved into being more involved in everything that like this organization that I was mm-hmm. working for was doing. And um, I think what ended up happening with me with the vicarious trauma was more coupled also with burnout. Right. Which I think is common from things yeah. that I remember when this was going on. Um, that was a normal thing that other people would experience, especially people that were actually working directly mm-hmm. in like with counseling and stuff like that, that um, burnout is often a big component of it because you just immerse yourself in whatever work it is you're doing yeah um and so you start to get like the physical exhaustion the emotional exhaustion and then um it just kind of takes over it snowballs from there yeah so how long do you think it took you uh you know experiencing these stories or like listening to them yeah. How long did it take before it started to really wear on you that you noticed a difference in, in yourself? You well, think? I think, so I was trying to think on when all of it, because I think the, I took, I took time off twice in the seven years, I guess, that I was with, with doing them. that. Yeah. Um, and I think the first time it would have been probably a couple of years in. And I think it was just so busy. There was so many things going on, mm-hmm. and it was just constant work. And there was often going into work early, working through your break, working through your lunch. And the thing that was crazy was that this was all self-induced. <laughs> no one was actually <laughs> expecting me to work through my breaks and work through lunch or stay yeah. late or yeah. whatever, bring work home and try and get more done. It was just like it became kind of a compulsion or whatever where mm-hmm. – um, you just you just started doing that, and so. Mm-hmm. Um, and at first, it might actually feel good to be doing that. Yeah, because you're probably going to be helping people, and you're probably going to see some results, and so that'll just like. You know, it, it's a bad cycle to start. It yeah. starts off positive, and then it gets negative pretty quickly because you get burnt out. Exactly, and so that right there. Um, so my um, my boss would notice if I was feeling. Like you could just kind of see when you work with people every day, you can, yeah. you see a difference in mm-hmm. in their um, in their behavior and whether they look tired or yeah. if they're acting tired or if they're just working around the clock or mm-hmm. whatever. But um, that was a common thing that with everybody that we worked with because everybody was so passionate about what they were doing and um, and for me, I just felt like my role was so removed mm-hmm. that. Um, I wanted to do everything I could to help the other people that were doing the real work. You know what I mean? Like, so me taking home a bunch of papers and and putting them into something or mm-hmm. whatever, like working through lunch, it was just yeah. the least I could do. All the was, support yeah. work you were doing. And so it was probably a few years in and it just started, um, I started noticing like that I was just really tired 
and stuff. But I just chalked it up to, you know, I some, sometimes you can't sleep very well. And mm-hmm. sometimes your toddler is freaking out in the middle of the night and you can't sleep. And so you chalk it up to all kinds of other things. And one of my problems is, is I've always taken a lot of pride in feeling like I can handle shit. Mm-hmm, like I can, mm-hmm. I can handle it. Right. So yeah, <laughs> I was not very self-aware that maybe <laughs> I couldn't always handle everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I started feeling like just fatigued and my, you know, sore and, mm-hmm. um, you're like, you just get run down. So you get sick more easily. And then, um, it was actually, my husband started being like, are you okay? And, I, and I'd say, like, what are you talking about? And he said, well, you were, like, screaming in your sleep last night. Whoa. Or, um, like, he would have, he would find me wandering around the house. In your sleep. In my sleep, totally. And I would have absolutely no recollection of this at all. Um, and crying. you don't have a history of... I know that's not true. Oh, you did. <laughs> I did. I, when I was a kid. Oh, you used to sleepwalk. I, as I a did kid. sleepwalk. Maybe this is just how stress affects you. Then <laughs> I think that looking back, maybe that is because when I'm not stressed, I don't think I'm sleepwalking anywhere near as much. So, um, but like crying in my sleep, um, and he'd be like, thinking know, that you like, were awake. What is because <laughs> you were like out loudly crying. Yeah, like, and I would, but I would wake up and be like, "What are you talking about? Just, like, there's no way." And but he would literally have to like steer me back to bed or get me to like try and find a way of like getting me to snap out of it and like laying me back down so I'd go back to sleep. Um, but then some of the other things that were, and this was the most unsettling part for me was my not being able to remember anything in my personal life. Um, I could remember anything to do with work. Mm-hmm anything at all like I was on top of things Mm -hmm. at work that never suffered but everything else did so like um little things that my son would do that were really cute or whatever yeah and 20 minutes later my husband would like we would be talking like he'd bring it up and I would look at him and be like what are you talking about (laughs) when did that happen and it was and he would look at me like that literally happened like an hour ago or 20, like yeah, whatever. Not long enough no, ago that you should and it was like, but it would just completely blank. And when I was, um, I would talk to friends or, um, colleagues that were in the mental health fields and stuff. And they're like, well, that is, you know, I like think. how long has that been going on for? Like yeah. that's, you know, and then they, 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 they were the ones that helped me realize like, okay, you need to take a minute here. Like this is starting to affect you Mm -hmm. and it was hard for me to accept that I was so embarrassed um that like I felt like a wuss like there's all these people in the world um and people that I've been talking to that had experienced some of the most horrible awful things you could ever imagine and they're functioning well to to varying degrees everybody's Mm -hmm. functioning Mm -hmm. and handling things in their own way but I'm just hearing about it secondhand and it's affecting me like that it was it was embarrassing. Like I thought, like I can see that, especially because um, you've always prided on yourself, like prided yourself into like being able to handle things and help yeah. people, and all of a sudden, yeah, you couldn't. So, <laughs> no, and it was just like it was just it was hard to admit because it was like I think that you're probably not alone in in that with especially when it comes to vicarious stuff. It's because yeah. it didn't happen to you. Yeah. So why is it supposed to affect you? Yeah. 
But I think it was like, and like I said earlier, it was just like taking off your rose colored glasses on the world yeah. and, and realizing what the world is really like. And, mm-hmm. um, but just the realization that it was so much ickier than I had ever yeah. experienced or, or knew about. And it was. And probably too, so, becoming a mother probably fueled those feelings a little bit too, because you start thinking in different terms. You start thinking about what if that happened? What if my child was taken from me and I had no choice Mm -hmm. and then those things happened. Like you start thinking about the world in a different way when you become a parent. So that's probably part of it too. (laughs) No, that was a huge component. That would like, and part of it was like, I would be, so I was having nightmares, Mm -hmm. um, nightmares, crying, yeah, getting exercise during the sleep. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and then uh, that's how you should do it. <laughs> but it was almost sometimes too like like you just kind of, your mind would wander during the day when you were mm-hmm. awake, and it would just your mind would wander to all these horrible places, like remembering stories that you'd been like you just recently heard, or, um, and the, and the thing like, and I think what was frustrating about it was that it was hands down the most rewarding work I had ever done in my professional life ever that mm-hmm. I finally felt like I was doing something that was making a difference even in the smallest ways to somebody because mm-hmm. every job I'd had before that it was kind of like customer service so it was you were yeah. doing a service and people yeah. liked your smiling yeah. face and being but friendly. it wasn't rewarding in your no. heart the way that this was you, you actually felt like you were finally you know doing something that meant something to somebody yeah. and yeah. so to be then not able to function properly because of it you felt like like I felt like I would be letting people down or uh failing them in some way that I couldn't um that this big wuss is letting people down yeah and it was just like you know how why can't I handle this when they've handled so much like Mm -hmm. it's just it just seemed so shameful, mm-hmm. right? But now when you look back, you can kind of see the different variables that probably had a hand in. Yeah. Do you think that you'd be able to handle it better today, knowing more about yourself? Like if you were to go back and do the same thing? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Um, I have uh, wonderful family and support systems now that um, that I just feel like the the load is being shared more mm-hmm. um, just amongst everybody. Like, my family's huge, and it's mm-hmm. everyone's amazing, and uh, I'm very, very lucky in that way. And I think at the time, part of it, um, when all that was going on, was you kind of isolate yourself from people, too, because you get so... Um, kind of immersed in everything that that's your priority so you're prioritizing that and your professional relationships and helping those people um that are no connection to your personal life at all and Mm -hmm. then everything in your personal life ends up suffering because of it so like Mm -hmm. um just um that's different now so I feel like I've made it, but part of, but part of where I'm at now is a very, um, much to do with that experience because one of the things that, um, it kind of forced me to, to realize and to change was, um, because I'm so fortunate to have the life that I do and the family that I do mm-hmm. to not take advantage of it because you never know, um, if things could ever go sideways or, mm-hmm. you know, when you think of all these people that their families were affected so poor, like so horribly mm-hmm. by so many factors, um, to just take a minute and, and appreciate the, your family and, and 
what you have and that sort of thing. So, so it's given I you have, a different perspective. Absolutely a yeah. different perspective. And um, so I don't, I don't know if, I don't know if I would be, maybe just with like growing, like I'm eight years older. Yeah, you're a grown-up now. I'm a grown-up now. You're almost mature and stuff. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but don't so, get too mature. I know. Because then I'm not hanging Ugh. out with you anymore. Uh, so Boring. I, <laughs> I have no idea if it would be different. I really don't. Yeah, I know. I do know now that part of it, like, um, some of the some of the differences now, too, like when I um, got pregnant and had my second child mm-hmm. um, seven years later, I... I like it. I think it just helped me realize how quickly time goes by and how um, your kids are grown before you know it. And so mm-hmm. I'm taking more time with with them now. I'm not. I took a big leave of absence from work to mm-hmm. to stay with them because I was fortunate enough to have that um, the ability to do that. And so I'm just appreciating all of that and taking that time. And mm-hmm. I think. When I do go back to work, it will be in a lot less stressful sort of environment. Yeah. Just to make sure that I'm not putting myself into a situation where my family ends up getting affected again by that because they're, I want them to be my priority. So I thought when I go back, I'll... Um, kind of set the yeah. stage for a more successful round this yeah. time. But I also, I, I mean, I just, my only, I keep going back and forth because when I was working with all that stuff, I met so many incredible people that I, every time I see them, I'm just, I'm happy that I got to bump into them and catch up with mm-hmm. them. And um, I got to go to different places um, mm-hmm. in the North that was just the amount of people that I met that were just so amazing and so caring and have the biggest hearts, despite everything that they'd experienced that that helped to kind of like um fix my worldview in a way yeah, like I can see that what ha- like I had this horrible outlook on the world and everything in it and that like working with like all those people being able to meet so many different people that um were so resilient and so strong and stuff it just it it made a difference too so I'm kind of conflicted and not wanting to get into a high stress situation again, but also wanting to be surrounded by people like that mm-hmm. when I go back. So I don't know. I'll and have that happens. like level of fulfillment, fulfillment from your job yeah. that you were getting before um, it got too hard. Or maybe just going and working back in a grocery store again because that was, in hindsight, so fulfilling. It was the best job <laughs> ever. I know. I, I, I think I talk about the grocery store every day. I know. Like, I did talk about it today, actually. Oh, did you? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we were talking about um, how the meat department was soundproof, so we used to listen to really loud music in there. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. It, was, it was awesome. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I didn't get that <laughs> up at the front. <laughs> no, I did. Anyway, uh-huh. so yeah, it's the best job ever. <laughs> met so many good people. That's true. Um, anyway, but, so you took time off twice. Yes. So... Um, was it for a long time? Six weeks. Oh, okay. I know that. And the okay. reason... And, and that you do was, remember that. I do remember that much. And what was so great, like, I had the best boss ever the mm-hmm. first time and the best boss ever the second time. Two different people, <laughs> but they were amazing. And... Um, you know, they can't both be best. They're the bestest. <laughs> um, and mine's the best, so. <laughs> <laughs> But they, as soon as I mustered up 
it was very difficult to like okay yeah that's so I was gonna ask you so so you have a great boss how long did it take you to to approach her about this or did she come to you and well, were you like really nervous because you were embarrassed? Yes. And you didn't think she'd understand? No, I knew she would understand. You just didn't want to say it out loud? I did not want to say it out loud. Because <laughs> that was admitting defeat yes, or what? exactly. Okay. And we had the, the best little team and that was one of the wonderful things about working there is that we would debrief constantly. So mm-hmm. like, which is huge. It is, yeah. In any field where burnout or vicarious trauma or I'm assuming PTSD, like anything yeah. that could happen that like where, well, any, anything really, yeah. anything that might affect you in some way, um, debriefing is... Is it the way to go? It's, it's almost like a go. quick, like a quick fix when it comes to like a counseling session. Well, exactly. And you're, you're right there with the people that you work with every day that are yeah. experiencing the same things. Yeah. They're talking to the same people. They're... Um, they know. And it's confident. Like, a lot of stuff is confidential, so you can only really discuss it within a workplace sometimes, too. Like, it's not something oh, that yeah, it's absolutely. not something that you can just take home and talk to your partner about because it's confidential stuff. I mean, exactly. generally, maybe you could, but you can't mention people's names and, like, oh, the things not. that are really maybe bothering you, yeah. you can't talk about, which exactly. is also a big problem. So, yeah, so you were debriefing a lot, and then, and then so what well, happened so with your boss? so it was kind of like this sheepish, like... Sitting in in her office and being like, so, I've been having nightmares, apparently. (laughs) I've been crying in sleep, in my sleep. And I can't remember anything anymore. Um, And she just, like, immediately, she jumped into action. And... Which, and I immediately was trying to downplay it. (laughs) Yeah. And she was like, oh my god, like... yeah. What like what else is going on? When did this start? Like, like she took you seriously oh, right yeah, away. Of course, she was she was she knows she's been there. She'd yeah. seen other people go through it. She like it was very very well known amongst Good. absolutely everybody that we either worked directly with or worked in other places that we would bump mm-hmm. into every now and then or like just absolutely everything in that yeah. in that realm. Okay, it, she was very familiar with it. So. Um, so she, she sprung was, into action. Oh, yeah. So what did she, what did she do? Like, what did she suggest? She immediately called, um, a counselor mm-hmm. that we know. Mm-hmm. And I guess I'm thinking she must've pulled some strings or something because I knew it was not <laughs> that easy to get an appointment. Yeah. <laughs> um, so act now because there's a wait list. <laughs> yeah. So I was very, very lucky and I got into, um, to see them and, um, I, she told me to go see my doctor and, um, just make sure I was okay. And my doctor was the one that suggested taking the time off and she wrote me a note. And so I went off work and I went to counseling every week. I think I was actually going, I don't remember. I was going once or twice a week and we were talking just about so even, then, even once a week is pretty intense. So yeah. you were going maybe twice a week. I think I feel that's like super intense. I think it was just to make sure that or maybe I wasn't, maybe at first maybe a couple times or I think I can't I can't remember now taper it off yeah it definitely it would taper off and it wasn't long term it was very short term because mm-hmm. that's the thing like I am not no longer vicariously traumatized yeah I can say that with certainty like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it and from and I'm assuming everybody's situation must be different like what I my experience was could pretty be very iso- very different isolated event yeah. um, but I got I addressed it and. Mm-hmm. I had the best people around me and the best resources to access. 
um, and um, and just my husband being so supportive, right? Like he was great. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I went to counseling, and I and I she I'm trying to remember all of the things that she talked about doing, but I know it was. Um, uh, like did you like self care? I was gonna say like did you when you were in counseling did you spend some time um, talking about like not your past like not, let's not go back to your past but did you talk about like some of your own background stuff? Absolutely. Like, because yeah. did that did she say that maybe that had something to do with how you are today the way that you take on people's emotions yes. the way that you like to take care of people and stuff. So things that, I mean, you said you weren't traumatized in your life and, and whatever, but yeah, your life hasn't been all peaches and roses and stuff. So the things that might've happened that weren't amazing, yeah, that did play a part into who you became. And that's why this affected you. Because, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We definitely talked about it. So it, does, it can stem from your upbringing. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely it would because everybody and everybody has their own different levels of tolerance and yeah. to different things, yeah. right? So yeah. like um, she talked, we, we talked about self-care, but we would talk about self-care at work. So even like before you get burnt out, before mm-hmm. you start being vicariously traumatized, um, we're having so many conversations about how we feel all the time. Like if something crazy would happen mm-hmm. or something horrible that, you know, we'd get a phone call about something and we would have to... Talk about it right now. We'd have to talk about it or spring into action to provide whatever we could provide to mm-hmm. help the situation or whatever. So mm-hmm. there was constant conversation and constant like checking in with each other and stuff like that. So that was huge. But when you don't, when you're constantly downplaying how mm-hmm. you're feeling and oh, well, oh, you look tired today. Are you okay? Oh yeah, I'm fine. I just wasn't sleeping yeah. well last night. Yeah. Baby had me up a couple yeah. times. You know, you just kind of brush it off. No big deal. Yeah. Yeah. So there was just self-care. So if you start feeling exhausted, like what is your self-care? Like mm-hmm. taking a bath and not that we were encouraging alcohol or anything, but having a glass of wine in your bath, if that was something that mm-hmm. would maybe like don't go off and get hammered, but like have yeah. a glass of wine, whatever. Just um, relaxation things. Watch a funny movie. Um, maybe get a massage like I don't I don't even know like there's all kinds like everybody's self-care could be different yeah yeah, some people like adult coloring books or Mm -hmm. um, cross stitch Mm -hmm. or or knitting or whatever right so yeah um, like I was I would paint yeah lots of times when you're using a different part of your brain yeah um, you don't you're not affected your other parts that might might be sick yeah aren't really affected yeah, and my and you could definitely see do things with their hands. Yeah, and you could see a difference in my artwork too. Oh, that's that interesting. Time, which I didn't realize at first. There was tell definitely, me about that. Well, there was always like um, like you can see like the very colorful ones mm-hmm. that I did, and like when there was I don't have them anymore. Um, but there was paintings that I had done that were kind of more like a darker, even just darker colors and darker, even just the way. I was painting, like, like the strokes. style. Yeah. And I didn't realize it at the time, but when you kind of line paintings up in a row, you're like, yeah. oh, well, that's interesting. Like, you could kind of see a... A timeline. <laughs> what? That's cool, though, yeah, because so that's almost like weird. poetry, like, or even in your journal. Like, it's almost a way to look back. 
Which is funny because I know some people love journaling. I know you do. <laughs> and for me, anytime I tried journaling, when I went back and read it, I would be so embarrassed. That I would like destroy my journals. I couldn't handle going back and rereading them. It was so oh, like... Oh, I want to have an episode where I read out of my journal. Because, oh, that would be amazing. And I mean, not to bore, like, it's not boring. Oh, I don't imagine but, it would be. But, but it's, it's to kind of go back and actually, like, look at what someone might have been feeling in that time. Yeah. And just kind of talking about that, because, yeah, my journals are, they're ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what back to you. volume will we address today? Um, but yeah, so, like, uh, there's all those things, but some of, some people's self-care was, like, um, spending time with, um loved ones and friends and mm-hmm. stuff like that and I well you know like mm-hmm. you didn't hear from me for a while there was mm-hmm. all kinds of other things going on too but like some of my friends have mentioned to me like I was asking people like do you remember me back then like it's, it was so like long yeah. ago can you fill and, me in and they were like well I, I know you were like kind of um like you kind of dropped off the face of the earth and you mm-hmm. were so busy with work and so like you're always doing something and we, mm-hmm. you know, you just didn't really hang out anymore. And then, but when I did hang out, people were saying how, um, sensitive I was. So with, um, like irritable, no, or like, what do you mean? I would like people, everybody has opinions. Yeah. So people would express their opinions to me about, um, various things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, residential school stuff is always a hot button mm-hmm. issue for lots of people like politically everybody has and opinions on it and for me because I like and I mean in anything like for me I was just very hypersensitive to um if anybody said anything negative expressed a negative opinion <laughs> about anything remotely close to what I was doing I was very combative about it mm. like um I'm usually and I, to this day, like there was a, that like my whole life, I'm a very non-judgmental person. I'm a very to each their own sort of thing and mm-hmm. can hear people's opinions and, and have a discussion about it and hopefully, um, sway them depending on what the topic is or provide an alternate point of view that would maybe help them understand things better. And for me, my biggest thing was because I felt so ignorant for so long and then being put in the loop on everything that had been going on across the country. And I, I really did believe that the only way anybody could have an opinion like that is because they're ignorant, <laughs> that they don't know. Right. Cause so anybody, you, you were, you went from being ignorant to having this huge realization to being immersed in it and almost not becoming an expert, but you knew more than all of us. Too, like I would be yeah, asked probably like safe to like, say. like so it, for the so, people that I so was in your circle to. in your personal circle you were the expert about it yeah and so I I see why you'd be really defensive and combative when anyone said anything because you probably think you do not understand that's what it yeah and I felt like I was yeah and, but so but obviously that's not really the best way to go about <laughs> spreading. Uh, but you probably felt a little out of control. Like, oh, I did. Yeah, that's I definitely part did. of this. Like you were always in control, and then yeah. all of a sudden you weren't. You weren't in control of your memory. That was the most unsettling part. I, I think was that there were so many things that I was being told happened in my <laughs> family with my children, and I was like, literally, like no, not even a glimmer of recognition of it. Like it was like gone. And what one of the people that I, um, one of my friends who's a good uh, counselor. Um, he was explaining to me 
that one of, and actually the counselor that I met with, um, she was explaining to me that your brain will prioritize things. So for me in that moment, my priority was mm-hmm. all things work related. Yeah. So those were getting front and center priority in my brain and everything else was being shuffled back and it got further and further back. So like it was like out of the filing cabinet into a box in the closet. Yeah, which is really sad because when you think about what like the sorts <laughs> of things that I was trying to um, help people get help for um, to um, put your family at the bottom of your priority list mm-hmm. seems kind of you know, contrary to all of that, like, mm-hmm. um, so like it, it, that bothered me. I hated, right. I hate looking back on it, knowing that there's huge gaps in my kid's life that I can't recall because I was too focused on something else. Mm-hmm. Um, and not even, and without even really realizing it. So it was just, so that, but one of the other, one of the other telltale signs, and this might be true for a lot of people, and this was everybody at work knew when I was getting stressed out because I would start smoking again. I was going to say, you're smiling, yeah. so it has to be something I know about. Yeah, I would always, that was, and that was when I knew that I was like, oh, okay, because I would be able to have a cigarette and then go months and months and years and not have another one. Like I could wake up mm-hmm. after having a cigarette one night and be totally fine. Yeah. Not crave it or anything. And then... I would be working with uh, people that smoked. And if I was starting to feel really bogged down or whatever, and they were going out for a smoke, I'd be like, eh, I'll join you. Mm-hmm. And then it became a, eh, I'll join you again. And then it was, well, then, I better buy coming, my own cigarettes. Say, then they're coming to ask you if you're joining <laughs> yeah. them. And so then I would start smoking again. So, and then, it was, so that was kind of a telltale sign even for people that I worked with that something was going on mm-hmm. if I was starting to smoke again. Yeah. So, um, Anyway, so yeah, so back, I'm kind of bouncing all over the place, but like the self-care aspect is huge just throughout from day one all the way through because hopefully then anybody that is, whether you're an admin assistant or you're a counselor yourself or anything in between, if you have some, um, I guess anybody could be susceptible to it, you know, depending on their constitution, like... Mm -hmm. Like you said earlier, how you've been brought up, what your personality is, what you, like how sensitive you are to things, that would probably mm-hmm. all play a factor. But like, um, or just even your ability to separate things, like yeah. put things into boxes and and be okay with that, mm-hmm. leave work at work and that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but it's good to if you're going to be doing anything that could lead to, um, vicarious trauma or burnout or whatever, mm-hmm. just to take care of yourself. From day one, before mm-hmm. it gets to that point, because then it's a bit harder to um, just to deal with, right? Yeah. And it was it, it was shameful for me to be off work. I felt like I was leaving my team in a lurch, and um, then having to come back and having people are like, "Or how you doing? You know, mm-hmm. are you okay?" And you just feel like being like, "Yes, I'm, I'm not fine. delicate. Like just." Shut up. Yeah, like, you I'm felt good. like a, a delicate flower. <laughs> yeah. And people care and it's Yeah, you know, it's nice. It's but nice, but you kinda do want to get back to normal. Like yeah. kind of what it was like before this started. And not that you, anybody should ever feel bad if they have to take some time for themselves to, to take care of themselves. But for someone like me, I was like when I look back on it, I'm kinda like, ugh. It's almost like a a black mark on my record. <laughs> I I couldn't handle it twice, you know, but it was uh how was it, it in those six weeks that you were off, um, knowing that you're going to have to go back? Like, did you worry about that date that you'd yes. have to go back? 
So you didn't really fully enjoy or embrace that six weeks fully. Well, no, it's like, weird. When you're off work for that reason, you feel bad. Like, you feel like, yeah. if I go to Walmart today. And someone sees and me. And someone sees me. They're going to think I'm, like, I'm faking it. Or, right. like, almost like if you take a sick day and you're not really sick, mm-hmm. you really feel like you can't leave your house. <laughs> because mm-hmm. what if someone sees me, right? They're going to yeah. think that I'm taking advantage or whatever. And so... Or like when you have a mental health, a mental health illness, like, um, and you wake up and you phone your boss, you're like, <coughs> yeah, I'm sick. It's like, why can't we just say I'm really depressed today and I can't do it? Exactly. And especially so, because I bet most, well, I shouldn't even say that, but every boss I've ever had, I know they would understand that. If you called in with... If I called in with, with a, mental health problems. Yes. Not I'm, physical I'm, health yeah. problems. They would get it. Yeah. Um, in fact, they'd probably be more concerned and more um, wanting to help with that. Because mm-hmm. like, like, the people that I've worked with... Because a cold is a cold. And a cold, a cold will cold, come and away. a cold will go away. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. It's just you had like... And I'm telling myself, I still tell myself, I'm not working right now. (laughs) And I still am like, um, you have to feel comfortable with telling people if you're not, like, as much as I don't do it Mm -hmm. and I feel uncomfortable, just kind of out of the blue saying, like, you know, I've heard on some of your other episodes, Mm -hmm. uh, people saying, um, I think it was your sister. If someone says, how are you today? Yeah. You're not going to just say, oh, I'm good. Oh, you even yeah. said it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, just to say if you're having a problem. And I'm like that, I, I would like to be able to do that. I'm not very good at it. Um, yeah. But it's, I think there's there's a fine line too because there are some people that you just know when you ask them how they're doing, you're going to get a half an hour story yeah. or whatever. And that should be a story for their counselor. <laughs> Um, but, but I don't want people to just say, Oh, fine. And if they're not like, I want to know if you're okay or not so that I can help you in any way. I might not have time to sit here and listen to your, your story, even though it's important. Yeah. Um, I ask cause I do care. And the only thing I'll say, cause I remember on the episode when you were talking about that, and I've talked to other friends about it too. And like, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. like in our friend circle, mm-hmm. everybody has varying coping mechanisms and stuff like that. Um, and I think it's true for some people that do that, that mm-hmm. are faking it. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I'm good. Everything's fine. It may come down to maybe it's okay that they don't tell you yeah. Yeah, what, yeah. Your, what their problem is. It's yeah. just my hope for that, that everybody would have somebody that, that they, they don't be. have to fake it till they make it with. Right. right. So like, yeah. Um, yeah. Like I'm not offended if. I'm not the person they need to talk exactly. to. Like, I'm not yeah. offended. But I just want them to know that somebody, you need to say it. Open it up to somebody. Yeah. yeah. Because you never know how much, if you stamp it down and ignore yeah. it and ignore it and ignore it and ignore it, how much it's going to get worse and how it could just snowball into something where then it's just obvious to everybody, which I'm guessing for someone who wants to. Um, keep it to themselves for that long it will be that much more difficult to accept that mm-hmm. everyone that now everyone that you work with and then mm-hmm. in the also the circle of people like in that you maybe don't work directly with but are working with in some capacity they all know when you're gone for six weeks yeah everybody they, they knows notice a six weeks absence <laughs> <laughs> so then this thing that you've been embarrassed about or didn't want to admit to is like everyone knows and it's that much harder to deal with where if you just try and practice self-care and and um, talking about it with people that 
um, can offer some insight or whatever, it can make a world of difference. Well, it's interesting that you said about, like, talk about self-care. And I've said this on another episode before, but um, Janelle posted a link about self-care and and it talked about, like, looking at it in a different way. And it Mm -hmm. looked looking at it like a lifestyle not yeah. something you do after a hard day you don't come home from a hard day and be like oh I need self-care I need a glass of wine and a bath like yeah. you might but that shouldn't be a, like it shouldn't be treated as like a treat it should be like you're right that's like, what you do that's your right yeah it's, you know it's like and it's hard and when you become a mom <laughs> yes <laughs> those types of little things like the nice warm bath the relaxing bath the bubble bath and the glass of wine and some soft music like, that kind of goes out the window for a couple years <laughs> yes. um because I remember getting into the tub and having to get right back up because my husband was out of town and my kid woke up so I was just well no I remember getting it trying to have a bath so that gets interrupted here, and my toddler is such a like she's a force of nature she just lets herself into the bathroom yeah. and like, oh it's bath time yeah like, hi, no. It's you. no 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 I not know for you yeah becoming a mom you never go to the bathroom alone ever again exactly <laughs> um but but those it's a it was a nice cool way to think about it because you need to build it into your life so mm-hmm. that vicarious trauma doesn't happen or it doesn't happen as easily yeah because if you are taking those steps to just you know leave work at work and yeah well, and I keep thinking too, like for me, mm-hmm. and this is like, so I, like I said before, I feel like I have a fairly, usually I can handle things. Mm-hmm. I swear I can. <laughs> yeah, we know you can. And so the. Um, she really can. <laughs> <laughs> but so like for someone who's had, like I said, like hardly, like I've had, yeah. okay, everybody's got their yeah. life story. Yeah, we all have our crap. I haven't had. No. Horrible. Um, no. Unspeakable things happen in my no. life. So imagine being someone that has Mm -hmm. and you find yourself in a line of work where you don't even realize that you're going to be exposed to all of that stuff necessarily and then you start to be exposed to all that stuff how Mm -hmm. that can the triggering effect Mm -hmm. of you're now you're relating it so I was relating things to my life as what ifs okay and that was having a huge impact like imagining what it must have, what what I would have felt like if my son was ripped out of my arms when, mm-hmm. I, when he was four years old and mm-hmm. shipped off somewhere. Like, yeah. And it was crippling for me to imagine it, and it had never happened, is not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, or even you think about people that, um, well, any other sort of trauma, if they've had something even remotely similar to whatever they're about to hear. You say it at the beginning of every podcast. Sometimes this content may mm-hmm. be triggering. Make yeah. sure you have a support or whatever. Yeah. And so I'm sure that there's people that I worked with um, that were fulfilling a professional role within whatever, like whatever we were trying to do, that had experienced these things for themselves. Yeah. And how that must have felt for them and anybody else in in those sorts of lines of work, right? So it's just like. And we do live in a community that there's a lot of people related, like. So you could yeah. have been working with someone that could have been re- like directly related to someone that was in that. Yeah, and, in or the yeah, and any, schools. Yeah, or even um, like just well, just the 
what is it? The Kevin Bacon effect? The six degrees of separation? Yeah. Is that what it is? Is that what it's called? Six, so like, well, I didn't know about Kevin Bacon being, being, <laughs> Kevin being Bacon in the title. Passing, I mean, he's I awesome, but I don't know he's in the title. But, um, but like in White but yeah, Horse. Yeah, it's like two degrees yeah, of separation. Exactly. And so, you're related to the third person. Yeah, like, so when I like, no. when you asked me to do this, to talk about it, I was like, oh my God, there's got to be somebody else that can speak to this that would have more information that would be better. And I know like there's probably thousands of people in Whitehorse that have experienced vicarious trauma. And um, if they would like to talk about it, yes, they can contact because, me. Because um, it's different for everyone, too. It's different for everyone, but, like, I just, I thought, you know what? If anything about what I experienced, like, someone who has was completely removed from all... Um, all things basically yeah. like, like when I look like what I did not experience we, we were ignorant <laughs> oh yeah we were big um, ignorant and I remember because my stepsister uh we had a disagreement once years ago when I first like before I ever started working um and doing all of that stuff she'd been working I can't I don't want to I can't really speak to too much about what she exactly she was doing but she was trying she was so passionate about it yeah and she was really involved and helping and stuff like that. And I had the most... When I look back and I feel sick to my stomach what my opinion was on it. You were judgy. Very judgy. And, like, like she didn't grow up here and I was trying to... Like, I sounded... Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine what I sound like. And it just... Ugh. I can't... Anyway. Yeah. I remember going to her later and apologizing. We had a, a family dinner and I pulled her aside and I was like, I just want to tell you how sorry I am for saying the things that I did or sounding the way that I did it. Like I have come to realize that my opinion was based on absolutely nothing. Like mm-hmm. I had no reason to have an opinion like that. It was completely uneducated mm-hmm. and I feel like a piece of shit for sounding like that. And she was shocked that really? I I well she was pleasantly shocked that I that I took the time to talk to her about that because and I think that's one of the reasons why I settled on if people um have a and I I, I hope no one gets irritated with me for saying this but like I feel like if you have a, a a negative opinion about um anybody's trauma mm-hmm. to educate yourself first totally and maybe stop and think for a minute before you speak because what you might, what you end up saying to somebody, you have no idea what that impact could be. No. Um, and what you're assuming is probably wrong. Probably. And if, if the fact that you're like, that you would even start with, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. You know, like, yeah. or, you know. Yeah, you don't assume. And, you just ask questions and not judge. Stop That's what you should think, do. Like, how much do I really know about this? Mm-hmm. And do I have any right to be even expressing an opinion about it at this stage? Mm-hmm. And if you, like, to have an opinion, I feel like to, in order to have an opinion, it should be educated. But you to be curious is different. To ask questions, to inform yourself in some way. And if there's someone that you know that may be an expert in, in whatever aspect of it mm-hmm. is. Like, it doesn't matter what your opinion is about. Mm-hmm. To have an opinion that you want to express publicly or in a group of people or to somebody, you should be educated in that opinion, like mm-hmm. to inform that opinion. And and also be receptive to hearing other people's. It, well, exactly. <laughs> you can't just yeah. form your own and then think it's in the Bible. Like, yeah. So um, that's been... Sorry, Karen. <laughs> Are you late? No, no. She's, okay. she's calling me to pick up my dog crate at work. Oh, no. <laughs> but I'm not at work. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, 
So, so yeah, so that was the big thing. Like, I don't know. I've kind of, like I said before, I bounced all over the place, but it was... Um, oh, that's okay. I can tell you that my my personal life now, um, without all the added stress, has been wonderful. I'm a better... Um, I have a lot more patience for my children. <laughs> and, and I can be just more supportive to anybody that may need me in some way when, and it's, I have the, the bonus of, I don't have a, a day job that I go to. Like I'm a homemaker right now. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a mom and a wife and I, which is obviously very one of the busy. most important jobs. Yes. It's very, very, I think I swear to God I'm busier now than I was when yep. I was at work, but it's, it's different and it's a good kind of stress. And for me, my experience with this has been great. And that's been, uh, where I'm at now. Um, is just a much better place in my personal relationships than I was before. So that's good. So all those variables have changed yeah. since then for the better. Yeah. And uh, and you're grown up, as I'm we established. She is a grown up. <laughs> and <laughs> you're a great grown up. You're that doing was one a good of the things I was talking to my sister-in-law the other day, and she's like, there's this kid, because she works at a school, mm-hmm. um, with 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 high school students, yeah, and yeah. there's this one kid that he, she said he's the most polite kid ever, and she he keeps calling her ma'am, and it drives her crazy. And I was like, you do realize <laughs> that to high school students, I said I had this realization as You're well. You're a like, ma'am. <laughs> we're ma'ams now. I know. And she's like, I know this. You just I know. don't feel like it, right? I so. had a four-year-old this morning <laughs> um, at work tell me that I was too old for stickers. And I'm like, no, no. No, no, no. I said, you're never too old for stickers. And he said, you are when you have as many gray hairs as you do. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you count to the five I have. That's awesome. You only have five? No, I have way more than oh five. Oh, my God. But, I have so many now. But, <laughs> well, good thing he can't count past ten. <laughs> but anyway, he, he, like, he gave it to me. He's like, oh, you got gray hairs. You can't be into stickers. I'm like, Oh, just wait. When he's a grown-up, he'll still like stickers. Like I, I guess Come we on. do look really old. Because mm-hmm. when you think about your old elementary school teacher, you're like, yeah, they were pretty old. And you're like, wait a minute. They were like 30. Exactly. <laughs> like, I know. I know. <laughs> well, and even the realization when you bump into them, they're like, oh, wow, yeah, like you're you're just a grown-up too. Like, Because <laughs> back then, yeah, they would have seemed almost ancient. To know that our kids probably think that we're ancient is, is sad, but that's okay. I think it is a really interesting point, though, that to, to state that you grew up in the Yukon, born and raised, and we thought we knew so much about the First Nations culture and people that we went to school with. We sat beside them in school. Yeah. And we did learn a little bit about it. And I'm ashamed. I'm actually ashamed. Yeah, me too. At um, how little I did know. Yeah. And more ashamed of how cocky I was and how much I thought I knew. Yeah. So I'm ashamed too. And the only way to get rid of that is to educate yourself about the residential schools and about their cultures and how yeah. and how they've lived and lived here for so long. And well, and, it, and I mean it's it's just you have to educate yourself before you can understand it. Well, and I remember one of the most like things I'll never some of the things I'll never forget are just the like I said before, like just the, the incredible people that I met, um, being privileged to have been able to hear their stories. Right. Um, and so amazing that they could, they had a space, a, like a comfortable, safe yeah. space that you guys provided to actually tell their story. 
Well, and it was, but it was just the, there was, a, like, I got to be a part of, um, like, when you go, when you, and there's so, like I said, there's so many different organizations and people involved in, in all of this stuff, and everybody gets an opportunity to debrief yeah. at the end of things. Yeah. They, they call it, like, in a sharing circle. Okay. Yeah. Which is, people do sharing circles all over the place for all different reasons. Yeah. Um, but it has roots in First Nations and Inuit culture, and, and uh, which is, very different cultures mm-hmm. also. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got to participate in a couple. And I remember having such a hard time being able to speak like I was crying. Mm. Um, just at the, even like I was about to be able to be a part of right. this moment of being able to share and being able to express the lifetime of like ignorance to this mm-hmm. whole subject and then being able to be a part of it in the way that I was. It was a very small role I felt. Um, but people actually um, welcomed me into their First Nations family. It's like this That's people awesome. have said that to me in these in these um, circles and and it was just like it meant so much to know that it was probably a relief to know that they welcomed you even though you were so ignorant. <laughs> well, yeah, like, and it was just, but like, to put it bluntly, yeah. but uh, yeah, it was probably a relief to you too, that you're yeah. like, okay, this means something. Yeah. If they're going to do this. This means that you've repaired, you know, whatever it was that you thought that you, some disconnect that you had with them. Well, even just the association that anybody that I may have been related to from Europe back and how many, and that came to Canada, right. like that's just that whole part. Like it's just. That it could have been it your just, ancestors ugh, that yeah. were the assholes. Yeah, and it was, but um, some of the things that um, are are different um, now, too, is just what I even want to expose myself to. So, like, we were talking the other day, and, like, some of the books that I read now. Mm-hmm. I used to read all kinds of different books, mm-hmm. and I'm almost, um, I can't bring myself to read some of the, some of the, like, true crime or horrible, like, yeah. things that I used to be interested in, um, I still am interested, but it, I haven't actually gone and picked them up yet. Cause so you're keeping your life a little lighter. Light. Just, yeah. Life light. Yeah. <laughs> Live light. Yeah. And I like, you know, like funny books or funny TV shows and stuff like that because it's just easier. Humor. Um, just humor. Insert some humor yeah. into that. And, uh, and I think that's probably the key for, for a lot of things mm-hmm. is just humor too, right? Mm-hmm. So. So we'll try to make these shows more funny. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. So heavy. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, I guess I guess we'll wrap up because okay. I have to go back to work. But I really want to thank you for talking to me. I know it was really hard, and I know that <laughs> I know so... I know that you were hesitant about it. But I'm really happy that you agreed to do it, and I'm thankful that you're sharing your story because I think that a lot of people will be able to relate, and that's what the point is. So I hope so. I hope I wasn't so too thanks. awkward. <laughs> no, you're never that awkward, and. Uh, <laughs> You create awkward moments sometimes. I sure do. Uh, <laughs> but it's funny. So. Okay, good. Okay. Well, anyway, thanks once again, Carly, and uh, I guess I'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Okay.